Oh, please, stop being so damn dramatic. What the hell do you have to be depressed about? Do you know how good you have it compared to your ancestors? Just stop. You have tuned into Breaking the Mask of Depression with your host, Diva with Depression. Welcome to Breaking the Mask of Depression with me, your host, the Diva with Depression. How are you guys doing? I hope all is well. I hope all is right in your world. When this world is topsy-turvy. But we're going to get through it, y'all. We're going to get through it. So we are heading into the last week of Black History Month. And this is my last episode of Black History Month. So I decided to show out just like everybody else's <laughs> during this Black History Month. Because y'all, listen, every single day somebody is showing out. And I, I just keep saying, but... Can't we wait until March? I mean, really? Aren't we supposed to be on our best behavior this month? <laughs> but listen, I, you know, but what are we going to do? You know, what are we going to do? So listen, we're going to get right down to it. I am going to talk about the stigma in our communities surrounding mental health and you know, we we have so many outside <clears throat> forces that are coming into our community and trying to do us harm and trying to hold us back. And although I know that many of those outside forces are the cause for many of our problems, sometimes we hurt ourselves. And I think that we are afraid to admit that, that we really are doing a disservice to ourselves in certain areas of our lives. And mental health is where we are failing each other, we are failing ourselves, we are failing our future generations. And so we have to find a way to come together and understand that the way we treat people that are living with a mental illness, the way that we treat people that seek help for mental illness, the way that we treat our friends and family members that are living with mental illnesses, it's not right. You know, there's no other way. There's no pretty way to say it. It's really fucked up the way we treat each other. And if we don't come together and fix it, then we're never going to heal. I I want to share something with you, and, and I may have mentioned it before in another episode, but this is what someone said to me. If you're going to take your life, just do it. We're tired of hearing about it. And that was days before I went impatient in 2018 and a couple of weeks after I lost my sister in 2018. And that came from someone who said that they loved me. Okay? And so I 
I sort of moved past it, but I didn't. I, I always kept that in the back of my mind because people will say that they love us. People will say that they support us. But when you give them the opportunity to really um, show who they are, <laughs> I guess that's what it is, they will show who they are. And I was so taken aback by the comment, number one, because it was from someone that I love and someone that supposedly loved me, but also because I was wondering, well, who else feels that way? And then you start to think about how when we talk about racism and when other people say to us, oh, just get over it. How long are you going to talk about it? Why do you have to make everything about race? And then I realize those are similar statements. And so if we get mad at other people for saying that to us, then why can't we get mad at us for having the same sentiment when it comes down to our health? Approximately 5 million black people are living with a mental illness. And 4 million of those people are ashamed to get help. And it's all because of you. <laughs> it's your fault that 4 million people will not get help for their mental illness because they are ashamed to be black and mentally ill. It's your fault. It's you. Other black people. This has nothing to do with anyone else but the people that are inside our own communities. Y'all have continued to pass along the bullshit. Get over it. It ain't that bad. It is that bad. And we can't get over it. We can't. And then y'all are the same people that will sit back and talk about how current generations are, are lacking somehow or they don't. I don't know, that they're just not doing well. Well, it's because, you know, we, we tease them for getting help. We tease them for being in touch with their feelings. We tease them for feeling, <laughs> you know. And, you know, I, I'm the first to say that, that there are things that occurred in my generation that made me the parent that I am. And I'm not saying that I'm a better parent than anyone else, but I know that the way I was parented, or I should I say not parented, had an influence in how I parent my children. And there are good and bad sides of that. One of the things that myself and a lot of my friends talk about is how we gave our children everything because we didn't receive everything. And there's nothing wrong with giving them everything, but in some areas we neglected to teach them how to be independent, how to be focused, how to sort of stand up for themselves and be them, you know, be for themselves, <laughs> you know? And and so that's the the bad part. Yes, we gave them everything. Yes, we gave them extra love, extra care. We gave them um, extra ears, <laughs> you know, to share what they were going through with us. But we also stifled them in some areas. And that's brave to say, 
you know, because who wants to say that they did they did a bad thing, you know, in in their parenting area? That's hard to admit, but but it's the truth. And so, you know, using the generation before me as an example, when they are constantly saying that my generation complains and my generation is ungrateful, well, we're not. We we are hurting because of the abuse that we suffered at the hands of our parents, our grandparents, in some cases our great-grandparents. And we have to stand up and admit that. And we have to stand up and say, that's not okay. And we have to stand up and say, I'm sorry. And would you like me to help you work on that? And that's, I know that that's not easy to say, but it has to be said. For two weeks, and it's more than two weeks, but I made a point to pay attention for the past two weeks with the people that I talk to every single day and groups that I participate in. And I've heard people say, I don't know what's wrong with me, but it's okay. I don't know what happened. I can usually control this. I may need to talk to somebody, but I don't want to be a burden on anyone. Or I don't know what to do. I don't know where to turn. I don't know how to get help. Why is that? Why is that? You know where to go to get the latest sneakers. <laughs> you know where to go to get the the best hairstyles. You know, um, my brother was visiting from Brooklyn this weekend, and I was talking about a Chinese restaurant that is a favorite in Brooklyn. Like, we know where to go get the best fried chicken, <laughs> you know, but we don't know where to go get help. We don't know who to turn to. I always share that one of the reasons why I started my platform years ago is because I shared a tiny aspect of my life with depression and people started reaching out to me. Well, how do I know if I'm depressed? Well, what is bipolar disorder? Well, what kind of medication is this, you know? What kind of doctor am I supposed to see? Because we, as black people, we don't have these discussions. We just uh, put on our capes <laughs> and keep going. And we do throw the term get over it around a lot. And it's not that I'm going to get over it. I'm going to put a Band-Aid on it. I am going to stuff it. I am going to ignore it. And then... I will keep stuffing and keep stuffing and keep stuffing until there's no more room and I explode. And using myself as an example, that's what I did. I stuffed and stuffed and stuffed until my I just my head and my body couldn't take it anymore. And then I'm in a, a psych ward. Something that I never, ever imagined would happen to me because I... I thought I was taking care of it, you know? 
I thought everything was okay. I was, I was moving on. And when I wanted to share how I was feeling, I was ignored or I was made to feel silly. I was made to feel like I was being dramatic. No. So I think that there's, I think that there's a comedian. I'm not sure where I heard it at that says, stop it, black people. Just stop it. Oh, it's, it's a, a guy on TikTok. <laughs> um, and he says it about someone else, but I put in the black people. Stop it, black people. Just stop it. Because we have to stop breaking each other. We have to stop sort of hindering each other from being, being human, actually, because feeling depressed, feeling sad, feeling lost, feeling numb, those, those are just parts of being human. And there are some people that just feel it a little bit, I won't say a little bit more than others, maybe feels it differently than others do. And we make fun of people that feel differently from us. We make fun of people who cry to let out anger. We make fun of people who write feelings, their emotions. We make fun of people. They're weak. Um, they're a pansy. They're, you know, they're acting girly, you know, if we're talking about guys. And there's nothing to be ashamed of. Stop it, black people. Just stop it. Aside from the 400 years of shit we have endured, presently we still have reasons to be mentally ill. We still cannot go to a store without having people follow us around. We still have to turn on the TV and see our communities being riddled with crime, our people being gunned down. We still have to go to the supermarket in our communities and see that our meat is rancid, that there are no fresh fruits and vegetables. We see that Shit, even in the medical community, we're still being treated like less than. Our doctors aren't listening to us. These are all hindrances, but and these are all things that are still weighing us down. We have to understand that we are not, although we are a little bit ahead of where we came from, we are still in the throes of Everyday forces bringing us down. You know, you think about, I'm going to share my day, one of my days. So I get up at 5 in the morning, say, I have to get two children ready for the day. I have to get myself ready for the day. I have to commute to drop the children off at their various locations Then I have to commute to work. Then I have to work for eight hours. Then I have to commute home. No, not commute home. Commute to pick up children from their various locations. Then commute home. Then feed the children. Do homework. Wash clothes. Clean. Do whatever. Then maybe go to sleep at 1 o'clock in the morning. And then wake up at 5 o'clock to do it all again. 
Did you hear anywhere in there what I where I did anything for myself? Did you hear anywhere in there where I took an hour to go to a therapist to talk about what that does to me? Never. And millions of us do that every single day. And we never find a way to let it out. Because we're told that we're not supposed to let it out. What's going on in this house must start coming out of this house or else we're never going to heal. Never. We have to, have to, have to get rid of that mentality. Yes, I understand shame. I live with shame. There are things that I have not shared because I am ashamed. But we have to start taking the steps to erase that shame so that we can get better as a people, individually and as a people, as a whole. My father was a horrible father. And folks stood by and watched him abuse me emotionally, mentally. Why? Why not tell him to get help and not take his shit out on a child? Why not? Was it okay? My mother did some horrible things to my brothers and I. Folks sit around and watch us be neglected. Why? Who are you covering for? You want to know one of the answers? Because if they confronted them, then they would have to confront themselves. Because number one, you would have to address that they did that shit, that you watched them do that shit, or you were a victim of that shit and didn't know how to process it. And that you're not healed. And so let me let me put that in simpler terms. Say if my grandfather had been more vocal about what my mother was doing, then he would have to admit that he contributed to the way she was raised. Right? If my father's siblings had addressed how he was treating me, then they would have to admit that they were raised the same way and they were living with the same issues. Right? And it's hard to, to think. We don't want to put the blame on ourselves. But there's blame to go around. And that's one of the things that I talk about sidebar in therapy a lot is that I'm really hurt by how my parents were. But I am equally as hurt by the people that stood around and watched because they were all adults and I was the child. And they watched and did nothing. We have to stop watching and doing nothing. We have to stop. 
because the more we do nothing, the more we continue to lead, live unhealed lives. Think about it, ladies. You don't trust men because your daddy, uncle, or grandpa did something that made it clear that you couldn't trust any man. And then we're not getting into relationships or we're getting into relationships with men, but not whole relationships with men because we don't fully trust them. We don't fully trust that there is a man who will love us wholeheartedly without an ulterior motive that's not going to do something to us. Fellas, y'all are out here beating on women because you watch your mom doing some shady shit and you think all women do shady shit. Where does that get you? It gets you into poor relationships with women Again, not whole relationships with women. It gets you, it keeps you angry. And then that anger manifests in ways that are a danger to yourself and others. And in both cases, we're passing these unhealed parts of us along to our children. And then we're continuing the chain of raising broken children. One of the most difficult things that I had to do was to recognize that something that I did contributed to the way my children are today. And that's not to say that I was, wasn't and am not a good mom and that I don't love them with my whole heart and soul. But I had to face the fact that the way I handled a situation was detrimental to their emotional health. And I have to live with that. But I had to admit it first. I had to say it out loud. And I said it to them. Do you know how many of us are walking around waiting for someone to say, I'm sorry, I handle that poorly. What can I do to help you move forward? You know how many of us are waiting for that? You know how many of us are never going to get that? Four million black people are walking around ashamed to get help for their emotional health. They are ashamed to admit that they are living with a mental illness. They are ashamed to even research mental illness, to even talk to someone about what a mental illness is. They don't even know that there are levels to mental illness. You don't go from sad to being inpatient within five minutes. You can be sad because you had a, a bad hair day, and you can be sad because you lost someone. There's levels to that shit. There's mild depression, and there's severe depression, major depressive disorder, and there's what I have, which is severe treatment-resistant depression. There's levels. 
there are there's depression that you can help the symptoms can be relieved with a, a vitamin. If it's that mild, you can relieve your symptoms with a vitamin and talk therapy. And then there are cases where you may have to take medication every day. You may have to see a therapy one, therapist once or twice a week. You may have to do an outpatient support program. There are levels to it. Everybody that has bipolar disorder is not having mood swings that will end the world. There are levels. But we are so stubborn and in some cases so ignorant that we will not even give ourselves or our brothers and sisters the opportunity to learn about what it is. And then when we do that, you know what happens? We don't fight to get the resources in our own neighborhood. We're so busy ignoring mental illness that we're not fighting to get quality therapists in our communities. We're not fighting to get quality psychiatrists in our communities. We're not even fucking fighting to get groups, support groups in our neighborhoods. Because, oh my God, what if she sees me going there? Oh my God, what if he finds out? So fucking what? So fucking what? At least you're doing what you need to do to heal yourself so that you can heal the people around you, that you can raise better children, healthier children, that you can be a healthier asset to your community. So what? You know who the real coward is? The person that won't get help. And we have to start, like Yana says, calling the thing a thing. If you don't want to get no fucking help, then that's fine. Go sit over there in the corner. But don't stand in the way of me getting help. Don't stand in the way of me getting my children the help that they need. Don't stand in the way of me trying to help my community heal and grow so that we can be the best. Because if we continue to deny that we are living with these illnesses, what do we have? We don't have anything left to fight with. And yes, we are fighting every single day of our lives. It doesn't stop. But if our mental is, is all messed up and twisted and, and congested and stuffed down, we don't have any room left to fight the enemy. And yes, it's that deep. It is. So this is what we're going to stop doing, black people. We're going to stop. We're going to stop mistreating each other. Okay? We're going to stop talking ugly. <laughs> you know, we're going to stop our brothers and sisters from getting the help that they need. We're going to stop passing down these negative belief systems. What goes on this house stays in this house. No, the fuck it doesn't. If uncle or aunt so-and-so is doing something that is hurting you, you're going to go out the front door and tell somebody because they shouldn't be doing that shit anyway. We're going to stop isolating people. Oh, that's uncle so-and-so, you know, he lives downstairs. Not even acknowledging that uncle so-and-so may be ill 
but he's not a leper. <laughs> you know, I was watching something the other day and the woman was talking about her son and said, oh, well, I told him he's just a little slow. No, Mary, he ain't slow. He's not slow. We don't still say that in the 20 and 24. No. We're going to stop shaming people, embarrassing them. We have to stop. It's not embarrassing. It's not. And we're going to stop alienating our friends and family members that need help. And you know how we're going to do that? We're going to start learning. So I'm going to use NAMI as an example because uh, that's, that's the easiest organization <laughs> that I can talk to right, talk about right now. But if you go on NAMI's website and you type in bipolar disorder, it's going to take you to a landing page where there are loads of resources that will tell you what bipolar disorder is. It will tell you the symptoms of bipolar disorder, the, the levels of bipolar disorder, how to get treatment, where to start, what type of medications people that are living with bipolar disorder can take, everything that you can think of. And if it's not on their site, there is a link to somewhere else that can teach you about bipolar disorder. This is what we have to start doing. We can look up why, um, let me think of something. We can look up why Cardi B and Offset unfollowed each other on Instagram. And if we can look that up, then we can look up what depression is. And why, why am I feeling this way? We can go to Google and look that up. And please, don't don't come with the bullshit. Cause I I want to know why Cardi B and Offset <laughs> don't follow each other on Instagram. <laughs> I I follow the people that will tell me why that's going on. We can do both. I'm not one of those people that says, well, if you can do so and so, then you can do so and so, and stop doing it. No, we can do it all. So you can just pause Instagram and go on over to Google and find out what it means to live with depression, and how do you go about learning more about it and getting help. We're going to start asking people how they're doing. And we're not going to just say, oh, hey, how you doing, and keep walking. We're going to stop and say, how are you doing today? How are you really doing today? And don't interrupt when they're talking. And we're not going to judge them when they share how they're really feeling. And we're not going to tell them how to fix it. We're not going to tell them how they should feel. We're not going to say, oh, well, you know, you need to go out and exercise. Walking will clear your head. No, the fuck it won't. I mean, it will. But if, I, if I'm living with like a severe mental illness, like schizophrenia, taking a fucking walk is not going to cure it. Stop saying that. Stop. We can't fix it. You are not a doctor. I am not a doctor. Don't y'all hear me say that shit every single week. I am not a doctor. I am sharing, number one, what I live with. And number two, I'm sharing resources. I'm sharing tips. 
I'm sharing insight, my insight. But I cannot fix you. I can't fix anybody. Stop trying to fix it and listen. Listen. Listen to understand. Listen to be. Listen to process. Really listen. Because you know what? Sometimes you're listening to hear what they're not saying. My oldest brother was driving me home um, the other day, and I noticed that he was off. He wasn't talking. He wasn't, you know, joking around. He was just very quiet. And that, listen, everyone will tell you that when the two of us together, it's never quiet. And there, there's never, a, well, we do get serious sometimes. But we're always joking. But he wasn't doing that. And so finally I had to say, so what's going on? What's happening? What's going on? That's all it, you know, that's all it took. And he didn't have to give me this long, drawn-out answer. He didn't even have to share with me what was really going on. Number one, I wanted him to know that I recognized that something was going on. And he could recognize that if he wanted to share, he could share. And that's all it takes sometimes for the people that we love and respect to listen to us and to let us know that we got them. We're here when they want to talk. And sometimes you can say, how can I help? And sometimes just listening or saying, how are you really doing? lets them know that that you want to know how you can help. And listen when they tell you how they can help. Don't try to twist it. Don't try to turn it. Don't try to make it about you. If they tell you how you can help, if you can't do specifically what they're asking for, then let them know that. Or let them know how much you can do to help. And let them know that if you can't do that specific thing to help, that you will make sure to assist them in getting the help that they need. All you have to do is say, I'm here. That's it. I'm here for you. I'm here when you're ready to talk. I'm here if you need me to just sit here next to you. I'm here if you want to go get coffee and stare at the sky. Because sometimes, really, I mean, I know that you guys think that that sounds crazy, but sometimes that's it. You can come over, you sit in one chair, I sit in another chair, we look at our phones, we stare at the TV, we don't have to talk. Another story, I, um, when, when I realized that my kids and I were all going to be in different places, I broke down and I got an iPad because they have iPhones and they have FaceTime, so they were able to communicate, you know, video with through video, but I wasn't able to. So when the first couple of times that the three of us would FaceTime, they wouldn't be talking. (laughs) They would be on their phones. They would be doing this or that. 
And and I'm just sitting there like, well, does nobody talk? <laughs> you know, what what are we doing? And then I, I had to understand that the three of us weren't in the same house anymore. And so this was the second best way. And we didn't have to talk because if we're in the same house, we're not always talking. But we just needed to feel that we were there for each other, that the, we were there with each other. And so now it, it doesn't bother me when they FaceTime me and, you know, oh, I just need you to sit here while I do this. Or, you know, I'm like, oh, well, I'm, I'm cooking. So, you know, you guys sit here and do this. It, it's just a matter of knowing that someone's there for you in your corner. We have to start the process of ending the stigma in our communities. We're not going to worry about what anybody else is doing in their communities. We're going to have to start in our communities. We're going to have to start in our own households. So educate yourselves and others. If you learn something, pass it along to someone else. Pay attention to how people in your circle are behaving. And if it's something that you think is out of character, don't just talk about them. Don't just gossip about them. Find out why they're doing the things that they are doing. And if you are living with a mental illness, if you are living with some challenges, share. You would be surprised how someone is just waiting for someone else to start sharing their testimony. It's like I said, when I shared just a little tiny, teeny piece of what I was going through, so many people started talking to me because you just sit there thinking that you're alone until you start sharing. And together, the more we share, the more we support, the more we listen, the more we heal, and the more we become better as a people, better moms, dads, sisters, brothers, friends, lovers. You know, you would be surprised if, if you start healing, that will, for an example, if you start healing yourself, you will note in, in passing it along to others, and we start healing as a community. You'll see domestic violence numbers go down. You will see mortality rates go down because we're healing. We're getting out in the world. We're doing more. We're being more active. We may even change our diets and start eating better. So you'll see mortality rates go down. Illness rates go down. Everything is connected Listen, Dr. Inez Beverly Prosser was the first black woman to receive her Ph.D. in psychology in 1933. Frances Sumner, Ph.D., is the first black to receive a Ph.D. in psychology in 1895. And in May 2008, July became B.B. Moore Campbell National Minority Mental Health Awareness Month. And everyone knows about Miss Campbell. She was an amazing author and she was an amazing advocate for mental health. And and just a, an amazing woman all around. And I am honored and and I'm 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 blessed that I get to benefit from the advocacy that she started and so many of us are getting help 
and learning because of what she started. So let's start teaching each other and let's start healing with each other. Let's start walking together on our mental health journey and we make these people proud. Okay? Okay. We can do it. I know we can. So guys, I thank you again for listening to another episode of Breaking the Mass Depre- with Depression. Of Depression, I'm sorry. DivaWithDepression.com. I'm always available there. Please reach out. The podcast is available wherever you listen to podcasts. If not, you can always find the link on my website. And at Linktree and Podlink, <laughs> everything is on my website. I'm available on on all social media platforms. Come, just reach out. I'm always available to talk, share what you think about the podcast, what you think about the platform, what you'd like me to discuss, what you'd like me to share. I'm here for you. I hope that you take the time to find some peace and continue to fight for your wellness. Take care, guys. Realize that.